Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the most glorious place to live as we pick up in Psalm chapter 91, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So let's turn to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 brings up the question of just where are you living? There is a place that you might live that is surely the most glorious place to live in all the world. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is a place that you and I can live in Christ Jesus, a place of glorious safety, a place of glorious peace and of joy, where I experience God's power and God's protection, God's goodness. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. For surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Now, in days gone by, bird trapping was quite an art. Without guns to shoot your quail or your dove or your ducks, you'd have to trap them. And so the traps that were set for the birds were called the snares of the fowler. You'd trap your various game fowl in different types of traps. When you're bringing this over to a spiritual connotation, Satan has set a lot of traps for us. And in a spiritual connotation here, the fowler is actually Satan, and you're the one that he's seeking to trap. But surely he will deliver you from every snare that Satan may set for you. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. For he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. In the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, we are told concerning putting on the full armor of God, Here in the Old Testament, we find the armor of the Lord. His truth is a shield to us, a buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. 
Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Now, because, going back, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation or your place of dwelling, if you will but just dwell in him, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, Satan quoted this particular passage of Scripture to him. As he took him up to the pinnacle of the temple and he suggested that he jump off. For, Satan said, it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in thy ways, to bear thee up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. So why don't you jump? See if the angels will hold you up. And Jesus said, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt or test the Lord thy God. You are not to put yourself deliberately in a place of jeopardy just to test the Scriptures. It is tragic that every once in a while we read how down in the mountains of Kentucky, the cult that is down there that handles rattlesnakes, because it says, and they, if they take up serpents, they shall not harm them. Or they test their faith every once in a while by drinking strychnine. But that is not what God means in Mark's gospel when he said, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. God never intended for us to just go around and test our faith by deliberately putting ourselves in jeopardy. If the cultish people down there would only read the full body of Scripture rather than taking isolated verses, they would never fall into those kind of unscriptural practices. God has promised that his angels will have charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. In the book of Hebrews, talking of angels, it said, Are they not all ministering spirits who have been sent forth to minister unto you who are heirs of salvation? Now there is a vast number of heavenly hosts that are known as angels. These angels have different rankings, categories. There are cherubim, a special class of angels. There is a mention in the scripture of archangels, which seem to be the highest form of angelic being. Michael being an archangel. It is also thought that Gabriel is an archangel, though I do not know that the Scripture gives to him that title. But angels of great authority and power. 
Then there are angels, it would seem, that rank under them in authority. The New Testament does rank the heavenly beings as principalities, powers, mights, dominions, thrones, and authorities. Various rankings of the angelic beings. It's more or less like saying lieutenants and sergeants and corporals and privates as far as their having rankings in the angelic realm. Just when the angels were created is not specified in the scriptures. But the angels were created as servants of God. And their duty is that of serving the Lord and of serving those who are following after the Lord. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy way, to bear thee up, lest at any time you would dash your foot against a stone. Angels seem to be spirits that are capable of taking on a bodily form. In the Old Testament, many times we find angels taking on a human form. In the New Testament, we also found angels taking on human form. When Peter was in prison, the angel came to him and said, Put your shoes on and follow me. And Peter tied on his sandals and followed the angels as the prison doors opened of their own accord until the angel led him out into the street, and then the angel left him, and suddenly Peter woke up to the fact that he was free. He thought he was having a vision, but all of a sudden he feels the chill night air, and he says, wow, not a vision. I'm actually out of that place, you know. And so he headed for the place where the church was meeting and praying for him. Paul the Apostle spoke about last night an angel of the Lord stood by me and he assured me that though the ship is going to be destroyed, there will be no loss of life. And, and he spoke about how the angel had visited him and ministered to him. Of course, we read of the angels ministering to Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. And we are told in Hebrews that we ought to be careful to entertain strangers, for it's very possible that you might be entertaining angels without knowing it. Now there has been a book written concerning angels on assignment. And though I do not doubt that angels do visit, can visit, Yet there are certain aspects to that book that I find very troubling. <laughs> I don't want to be guilty of, of limiting God or judging another man's experiences except as they measure up to the Scriptures and let the Scripture judge. And there are certain things that the angel Gabriel supposedly told Pastor Buck that I do not feel are scriptural. And thus I have to question in my own mind the validity of the story. I think that Pastor Buck was a very dear man of God, a true servant of the Lord.
I do not know but what maybe in his latter years, because of his heart problems, that he wasn't getting enough oxygen to the brain. I do not know, but as I say, I have to question a part of the story of the visitation of the angels. Now, the angels were created by God. They are a created being of God, and it would seem, well, not seem, it is true that they were created with a free will, just as you have been created with a free will. And one of the angels exercised his will against God. And in the 14th chapter of Isaiah, we read how that Satan, in exercising his will against God, exalting himself over against God, declaring that he would be like God, was cast forth, the fallen angel. There is a hint in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation that one-third of the angels went with Satan when he rebelled against the Lord. The dragon cast forth out of heaven, and with his tail he drew a third part of the stars. And the word stars is a word that is often used for angels. We do know that there are evil spirits in the world under Satan's guidance and control, as well as the good spirits, the angels of God that are obedient to their first estate. Yet there are angels which kept not their first estate, which are reserved in chains awaiting the day of judgment. Just what are the full characteristics in all of angels we do not know. It would appear that before the flood, the angels were coming down and involving themselves in physical relationships with, with women so that giants were born. And these could be the angels to which the Scripture refers those which kept not their first estate and are now being reserved in the chains awaiting the day of judgment. I am convinced that there are angels that God has assigned to watch over us. I've never seen, to my knowledge, an angel outside of my wife. <laughs> I would be less than honest if I would say I wouldn't like to see an angel. I think it would be a very exciting experience. I think it would be quite exciting to, to meet an angel and to know that they were an angel, you know, and, and to, uh, well, I'd like to meet the angel that's supposed to be guarding me. I'd like to know where he was a few times. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. There have been some times when I knew he was there. There were times when there was no way I could have gotten out of it unless the angel of the Lord just had his hand upon my life or upon my car and all. And there are times when I know that the only thing that kept me was the angel of the Lord. 
I've had some very interesting experiences where I'm sure the angel of the Lord was involved in keeping me from things where I was innocently being drawn into some very dangerous areas where the angel of the Lord intervened in a marvelous way to keep me from getting into some real trouble. When I was in high school here in Santa Ana, I saw my dream car on South Main Street. Smitty mufflers, <laughs> fog lights, dual spots, Buick skirts, little three-window 36 Ford Coupe. Oh, man, black. Was that thing beautiful? I lusted after that car. <laughs> and I had a buddy that I was running around with at the time. And I had half the money. And we were going to go into a partnership on a car. I, it would, never would have worked, but we were going to, you know, you, you, you want something bad enough, you dream always, get it. And he had a 36 Ford, but it was, you know, one of those longer kind of things. It just wasn't a pretty one. So he said, well, my dad lives up in Glendale, and I have at my dad's house some adding machines and typewriters, and I can sell them for enough to get my half for the car. Let's go up to my dad's house. So we went by and saw my mom, and I said, you know, we're going to go up and spend the night in Glendale. And uh, at his dad's house, I'll be home tomorrow. And so we took off in his car for Glendale. At that time, Firestone Boulevard was the way into Los Angeles, the three-lane highway. And during the war, gas rationing and just very few cars on the road at night. You can't, living here now, you can't believe how it was then. We were way out in the country near Buena Park. <laughs> when the motor died on his car. And so we pushed popped the clutch and everything else, tried to get the thing going, pushed it for, oh, I guess four or five blocks, and there was a little gas station that was there, and so he said, I think it's the coil, it's, I mean, I think it's the condenser or something, and he didn't know anything about mechanics, but anyhow, we went into this uh, service station, an old man in there, and he had a big, mean police dog, and he wasn't very friendly and didn't have any, you know, parts or anything. So we were tired of pushing, and so we decided we'd turn the car around, head it back towards Santa Ana, and then we'd wait for a car to come along, and we'd flag it and ask them, we'd tell them we were having a hard time getting it started, but they'd give us a shove, and we figured we'd just leave it in neutral and let them shove until they got tired. <laughs> and then we'd wait for the next car to come. And man, we were way out in the country, and there's no way to get home. So 
we were sitting there talking and all, talking about how, you know, we'd get this car and, you know, and all this kind of stuff and all excited about, you know, the prospects of buying this hot little Ford. And so after a while, five minutes or so, a car was coming down the road. And so he jumped out so he could flag the car. And, you know, I just slipped over to the driver's side and I hit the starter once more and the thing fired up. So he ran around and got in on the passenger side. He says, oh, you got to go on, let's go. So we took off for Santa Ana, got back to Lee's drive-in out there on Manchester and stopped and got a Coke and hamburger, saw a bunch of kids from high school. So we started on then down to my house. And as we turned off on Flower Street, we were getting near Santa Clara and he said, hey, your parents aren't expecting you home. I said, nope. He said, my dad doesn't know we're coming. He said, so why don't we just turn around and go back up to Glendale? Because it doesn't matter what time we get to my dad's house, you know, your mom's not expecting you home anyhow. I said, why not? We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study, the book of Psalms, on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalm 91 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and prosper you in His love and in His grace and in His fullness. May you be established in the hope that is ours through Jesus Christ as we look for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior who shall establish God's kingdom and bring us all into that glorious age of ruling and reigning with Him. Glorious age of the King. May God sustain you, give you strength and power in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a flash drive of audio Bible studies by Kay Smith titled, A Collection of Cherished Messages. Just listen to what others are saying. Kay Smith changed my life. 
Her teachings encouraged me to want more of Jesus. And through her counsel and mentoring, I fell in love with him in a deeper way. When I first heard Kay, I was driving in my car. I was so moved that it brought me to tears because I needed to repent. That moment impacted my life to be a better mom and who I am today. Renew your strength, please. I beg, I beseech, I entreat, and if there's any other word, I do that too. Get in His Word. Make it more than your necessary food every day. Kay Smith has a special place in her heart to teach and encourage women to live for Jesus. To order this flash drive with over 90 audio messages by Kay Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.